0: It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message.
1: I'm so glad that we are in a series called With God in Mission. Amen. So church, why don't you open up your Bibles right now to John chapter 17. John chapter 17 and John chapter 20. John chapter 17 and John chapter 20. Open up your Bibles to those two passages. As a church, we have been inspired for the last few weeks about getting involved in missions. Two weeks ago, we had missionary Dr. Paul Park here, and it was amazing to be inspired by him. Last week, we had Pastor Siddish teach on the the relationship we should have with God in missions. You see, church, missions is the very heartbeat of God. It's the central thrust for us. That's why the church exists is because of missions. Some scholars say that missions exist because worship does not. Missions exist because worship does not. And what does that mean? That the end goal of all people at the end of time will be to worship God. But until then, we are on mission to see the nations come to worship God. So what should be our inspiration for missions? That is the title of my message this morning, based out of John 17 and John 20, is The Inspiration for missions. What is the inspiration for missions? Oftentimes, I've heard people use guilt. Guilt being your inspiration. They'll tell you, some people will tell you, there are so many people all over the world, poor people dying without the gospel. They're going to hell. You need to do something. And guilt is often used to inspire us for missions, but guilt, it doesn't last very long. It's only there for a season and it disappears. The other thing I've seen people use is sometimes people inspire you with invitation. They constantly invite you to think about the mission of God. They tell you there are not enough laborers. There are not enough missionaries. I need more and more of you inviting, inviting, inviting more of us to be a part of the missions. And I think invitation is better than guilt, but invitation also does not last. I want to argue today that we are involved in missions for a much deeper reason than guilt or invitation. We are involved in missions because our God is involved in it. We are missionaries because our God is a missionary God. It is our, our inspiration is no one and nothing else except God himself. That is why we are a missionary people. Because we have a missionary God. Mission is not something that God does. Mission is the very nature of God. He is a missionary God. And we are a missionary people, amen? The ultimate inspiration for us is that missions is part of God's identity. So it must be a part of our identity. Missions is not merely, the main point I wanna make this morning is missions is not merely an activity. But missions is our identity. Why? Because our God is a missionary God. Therefore, we are a missionary people. Amen? Let's enter the text, John chapter 17. I'm going to start in verse 13. John chapter 17, I'm going to start in verse 13. I'm going to read six verses, and then I'm going to take you to John 20. This is Jesus praying to his Father. John chapter 17, verse 13. It says, I am coming to you now, Father, But I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Verse 15. My prayer is that not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Go ahead and go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Let's start in verse 21. John chapter 20, verse 21. So that was Jesus' conversation with the Father. Now we're going to hear Jesus' conversation to his disciples John chapter 20, verse 21, it says this. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Amen? Church, this morning, the two points I want to make out of this text is number one. We serve a sending God. Our God is a sending God. And the second thing is, because of that, we are a sent people. We are a sent people. From this text, we can see words that describe who God is, and those same words are describing who we are. Mission shapes God's identity, and mission shapes our identity. What is this? This concept is called missio dei. That theological concept means that God doesn't do missions, he, he embodies missions, that's who he is. But what is a word about us? A theological term is imago Dei. He is missio Dei, we are imago Dei, meaning that we are made in his image. So if God cares about missions, because we are made in his mission, in his, vi- in his, in his image, we are also people that care about missions. The main idea again this morning is missions is not merely an activity. Missions is our identity, amen? First, you'll see in verse uh, 18, in verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 18, you see uh, that he is ascending God. In chapter 17, we get a sneak peek of Jesus talking to his father. What are they talking about? Jesus says, I'm coming back to you, father, because you have sent me here into this world. In chapter 20, we hear Jesus talking to his disciples, and he says, As the Father sent me here, I am also sending you. The Father sent the Son. That is an important concept for us to know, that the Father sent His Son as a missionary to the earth. Church, you see, our God in heaven is a sending God. From the moment of the fall in Genesis chapter 3, the moment that we sinned in Genesis chapter 3, the Father said... He prophesied at that moment that I'm going to send someone to you that will crush the head of the enemy. The father had a plan to send someone. In the covenant to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he told Abraham, you are going to be a blessing to who? All nations, every ethnos on the planet, you are going to be a blessing to. I'm sending you and I am going to send someone else as a savior. Throughout the Old Testament, the Father in heaven has been telling his people through the law, through the prophets, through the Psalms. We hear that the Father is on mission to save his people, to use families, to use nations, and eventually to send someone to save humanity. The Father sends his Son. This sending behavior is actually missionary behavior. The next thing we see, that's the Father. What happened with the Son? As the son lived among us, he continued to tell the people, for I have come from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of my father. Jesus knew that he wasn't sent here because he wanted to come or that he had his own plan. He was sent by somebody else as a missionary to do the will of somebody else. Jesus came to say, I'm going to do the will of my Father. So as he engages in this planet, he goes around preaching and teaching and healing and delivering people, seeing demons cast out, not because it was his will, because it was the will of his Father, because his Father sent him. Then he goes to his disciples, and you will read this in John chapter 14. This is very fascinating. Jesus tells in John chapter 14, I'm leaving now. Disciples are very worried. If Jesus is leaving, what's going to happen to us? And then in John 14, Jesus says, The Father is sending someone else in my name. The Advocate, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. So just as the Father sent me, the Father and I are sending somebody else. We're sending the Spirit to you. They send the Holy Spirit. This sending behavior is missionary behavior. So the Father sent the Son. Now the Son and the Father are sending the Holy Spirit to us. They're modeling for us that we should be a people that constantly sends people into the new place. So then the Spirit comes to us, and we love this because we're Pentecostals. Even this year alone, I don't know how many times I've preached from Acts chapter 2 because we're Pentecostals, and that's our favorite passage of Scripture, the sending of the Holy Spirit. But in John 14, Jesus makes it clear why he's sending the Spirit. The Spirit is coming to you as the Spirit of truth. He's coming to teach you. The Holy Spirit is coming not to just make you speak in tongues. He's coming to teach you the Scriptures, to remind you who, how to be like Jesus. And then in Acts 1, Jesus says, wait for the Spirit to come. The Father is sending him. Do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the Spirit. I am sending him to you. The Spirit will come, and you will be clothed with power from on high. You will receive energy and power, dunamis, to do what? To do what? To be my witnesses to the world around us. When the Acts 2 event happens, when the Pentecostal event happens, the church is birthed. And what what is actually happening? The Holy Spirit comes down in Acts chapter 2. What happens to the people? They began to speak in other tongues of the the nations around them. And after that Acts 2 event happens, 3,000 people become believers. What happens after that? The people scatter all over the world in missions. So the Father sends the Son. The Father and the Son send the Spirit. And now the Father, the Son, and the Spirit send who? He sends us. God is ascending, sending God. And the next person in line to be sent is me and you. What does it mean to have sending power from God? What does it mean that God is sent, constantly sending, and that he's now sending us? It means that the very heart of missions in God has now been given to me and you. See, oftentimes people think that doing missions is extra credit to being a Christian. So you know, you be a good person and extra credit is to do missions. What if I told you it's the opposite? It's not extra credit. It's the very thing about being a Christian is to be on mission everywhere you go. A few years ago, I was preaching at a small Pentecostal church in Oklahoma. Uh, it was mostly our, you know, our uh, Indian people there. However, I noticed a young international student from Thailand that was there amongst the, the, the students that came to that small church. As I was preaching, like I am now, I was looking around and I noticed this, this Thai student watching me very carefully. Everything I was teaching, she was paying very close attention to. Near the end, I felt like the Lord was calling, asking me to make an altar call. And so I said, for those of you who want to come back to Christ or make a decision for Christ, or you, you, feel, like, you feel like a prodigal, you need to come home, come forward. Man, the Holy Spirit moved in a powerful way. The altar began to be filled with people wanting to give their life to Christ. Um, But it was a very interesting experience. You know how usually when there's an altar call, the music is so loud, you can't hear anything. I mean, it's just so loud. I just told the worship team to stop, and it was a very silent moment. And I could hear the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. Then, over here, I saw that that Thai student at the altar, and she began crying. And not just a, a little cry, It was a very, very loud crying. And so a lot of women came around that that Thai student and began to put their hands on her and pray for her, and she began to cry more and more and more. It was uncontrollable. So I decided I should probably go there and find out what's going on. I came, and I, I got on my knees at the altar, and I asked her, Sister, what's happening? Is everything okay? And she said, I can't believe it. I can't believe that this God would come for me that he would leave heaven, send himself to come for me. I can't believe God would leave it all to come find me, of all people. I told her, what about that amazes you? She said, I thought we had to go up to him. But now I know my God comes down to me. Why? Because he is ascending God. God. He is a missionary God. He comes to you to minister to you. She began to cry, and she said, did I understand it? Did I understand it? I looked at her, and I said, you got it perfectly. Welcome to the family of God. We embraced in that moment she gave her life to Jesus. Why is this important? Why is this so important? It's because when you realize that God is a missionary himself, that there's nothing that would stop God from coming to you. There is nothing that will prevent God from coming into your situation, finding you uniquely. He would leave heaven just to come get you and make sure that you can be a part of his family. What is our inspiration to go into the world? Because my God came into this world, amen? I can still vividly hear her crying and saying, it's all so crystal clear. It is also crystal clear. Amen. So church, do you see that the Father has been on mission, the Son has been on mission, the Spirit has been on mission, and now He is sending us. Oftentimes people say, where is the scriptural basis for missions? Church, that's not even the right question. There's actually a missional basis for our scriptures. We often want to find the scriptural basis for missions, but actually, because God is a missionary, there's a missional basis for for scripture, there is missions and a reach to the nations in every single page of scripture. God wants the whole world to come to know him, and we can be a part of that. Amen? People often say, what is the mission of the church? Actually, that's not true. It's not, does the church have a mission? The mission of God has a church. The mission of God has a church. Church not does our church have a mission we should never wonder what our mission is the mission of God has us the family of God to do it on earth amen you know oftentimes people say you know I am in the world for Christ no you don't that's not right that makes it sound like you're doing all the work I am in the world for Christ no you are in Christ for the world God, doesn't, God is not saying that if you don't go out there, nothing's going to happen. God is already out in the mission field. He is already bringing Muslims to faith through dreams. He is already bringing Hindus to faith. Even now, while we we're sitting here, God is already on mission bringing people to faith. It's not saying, he's not saying, I need missionaries. He's saying, I'm already a missionary. Come and join me. If you want to spend time with God, you've got to go where God is. God is on the mission field. Spend time with God in the field, amen? Missions is not an activity. Missions is our identity because our God is a missionary God, amen? Does this make sense, church? Are we okay? We okay? Number two, if he is ascending God, what does that make me and you? We are ascent people. So we've established that God is ascending God. But what does that mean for us? Look at what Jesus said in John 17, 15. This is an interesting prayer in verse 15. This is what Jesus is telling his father. My prayer is not that you will take them out of the world, but that you will protect them while they are in it. My prayer is not that you will take them out of the world, but they will remain in this world and you will protect them while they are in it. And then Jesus says, Just as the father has sent me, I am sending you. He says in verse 20, chapter 20, verse 21, peace, peace be with you. I am, just as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Oftentimes, we think that missions will produce some kind of anxiety in you. Oh, what will happen? I don't know what they will do. What will they do to me? What will I do to them? How will everything happen? I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Jesus first starts by saying, peace be to you. As the Father sent me, did Jesus come with anxiety to earth? Was there ever a moment where Jesus was anxious? In fact, he was completely at peace. And the same way you go in peace into the world, what the Father wants is going to happen as you go in missions. Then he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes the Holy Spirit upon them, and he sends them. Church, I want to talk for a moment about Why Jesus said, don't take them out of the world. Keep them in the world. Not to be of the world, but in the world and remain in it. So why do they receive the Holy Spirit? They receive the Holy Spirit to stay in the world, to have power to be missionaries, to take the gospel to new places. Even Jesus said, don't take them out. Keep them here and send them with power. Do you see what is happening? Missio Dei is telling his Imago Dei, Be sent, be sent. Don't leave, stay and be sent. You know, it's so funny. What have we become? Uh, God says we're a sent people. Oftentimes in my extended family, we talk about this when we're together, my mom and dad. God says we're a sent people, but I think we've become a leaving people. (laughs) Everyone is talking about when we're going to leave. When, when is it all going to end? God is going to take us home. I hear that all the time. God is going to take me to heaven. I can't wait to get out of here. Man, this whole place is just so bad. I can't wait. To, even I, even when I started this message, I said that. Everything is so bad, I can't wait to get out of here. Take me to heaven. Take me to the other shore. Get me out of here. Our version of Christianity has even warped the Bible. Have you guys heard the, what the acronym, they say what the Bible stands for, B-I-B-L-E? basic instructions before leaving earth we have become a leaving people when god has made us a sent people we have totally become backwards god is saying go 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 everywhere into dfw go into india go into the uttermost parts of the world and we're saying no 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 can we get out he's like no go no I, I need to get out no, Lord, please keep them here. Oh, Lord, please take me out. <laughs> if you were standing next to Jesus, you guys would be praying opposite prayers. Then he says, Jesus says, no, receive the Holy Spirit. He said, thank you, thank you for the Holy Spirit. What do I do with that? Maybe now I can leave. <laughs> we receive the Holy Spirit to leave? We feel we're, we're speaking in tongues and experiencing the power of Jesus Christ? We are Pentecostal believers. We're spe- the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now resides in me and you. Why? Because we gotta leave. <laughs> Pentecostals should be the last people saying, I gotta leave. They should be the ones saying, God, I gotta go. I gotta, you gotta send me, God. We are so enamored with healing and the rapture and the end times that some of us, all we talk about is leaving, but God is saying, stay in this world. Often as Pentecostals, we think we receive the Holy Spirit. Why? To be holy? To be powerful? To be better than other people? Is that why we receive the Holy Spirit? No. We receive the Spirit to stay in the world and be his witnesses everywhere we go. I'm telling you, if there's anyone that can see their Hindu co-worker, if there's anyone that can see their Muslim co-worker, their Buddhist co-worker, their Sikh co-worker come to faith, it is you, sister. It is you, brother. You have the power inside of you. God has given you his spirit for a reason. You can change this city. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that? Man, it's getting really quiet in here. Whoo, man, maybe a pastor will tell me not to preach for a couple weeks. Because our God is ascending God, that means we are a sent people. If we are to be a part of the family of God, we got to do what God does. If God goes, we his kids, we go too. If Jesus goes, like our elder brother, we go too. If the spirit of God goes, we go too. During this past week, I, uh, as pastor was out of town, I was meeting with a few young adults. And I had an illuminating conversation with one young person. Uh, You know, as believers, we often wonder if what we do is worth it, (laughs) you know? You think, man, I'm working for God, I've been telling people about Jesus, and I don't see anything happening. Does it really matter? Some of you are listening to me, you're already talking to your coworkers, you're talking to your friends at school. You're not afraid of Jesus, but you don't see anything happening. So you wonder, is it worth it? God called me to minister, is anything happening? And I felt, sometimes even as a pastor, I feel like that. I'm, you know, I'll evangelize to my friends, to the people in the city, especially the young adults in the city. I'm, I'm constantly evangelizing to them. And sometimes I wonder if anything is going to happen. And then I heard this story this week. I was meeting with a young man, and he said, I don't know if you remember this, Pastor Linson, but 10 years ago, you came to my university, and I came to an intervarsity meeting. No one knew what I was going through. No, everyone from the outside thought I was doing fine, but I was so far away from God. I was ready to give up. And he begins to tell me that he still remembered the message I preached 10 years ago. In that moment, he remembers the scripture. He told me the main idea. I had totally forgot all about it. And he said that that word from God encouraged him in such a low point of his life. And he said, isn't it crazy, Pastor Linson, a day that you have forgotten became an important day in my life. And I said, you know, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the fact that ascending God has sent people. And even the days that you think you are not doing anything right, even the days that you think, what is the point? I'm telling you, there's somebody there listening to you, because the moment you speak, somebody's life is being transformed. God promises that when his seed goes forth, it will never come back void. It will never come back void. So as you proclaim the gospel in the city around us, believe, young people, as you go to school, if you go, I mean, I have a friend right now who said their elementary daughter, this is in first grade, she moved from Chicago, and now is living here in, in, uh, in Dallas. And she said, I don't have any friends, mom and dad. But I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. I thought, wow, first grader moving from Chicago. One of the main things she wants to do is tell her friends about Jesus. I thought, Lord, if we could have more people like that in our church. I can't wait to go to school. Why? Oh, I'm going to tell my friends about Jesus. Hallelujah. As you go to your college campuses. I know most of the universities are opening. Go, tell your friends about Jesus. Why? I don't have to guilt trip you. I don't have to invite you. You do it because that's who God is. So you go from this place in your workplace, in the hospitals. If there's a place in our community that needs hope right now, it's definitely in our hospitals. As the beds are getting filled, how do we know that the fields are not white, ready for harvest? Go into that place and speak. Speak of Jesus. Church, as we examine ourselves this morning, we're going to move into a time of worship. I really want to talk to those of you who say, I am Pentecostal. You are filled with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit of truth, Spirit of wisdom, Spirit of mission is what is inside of you. Will you take that power that the Lord has given you and move towards evangelism? Jesus says, just as the Father has sent me, I now send you. Church missions should never be our duty or obligation. It should be our delight. This relationship I have with the Most High God, I have to tell everybody else about him. Our inspiration is God himself. While we sit here or while we may sit at home and wonder about these things, our God is in the streets. He is moving through communities that don't know him. He's in Gandhi Park going in and out of the apartments. He is in Frisco going near the Hindu temple. Our Jesus is on the move. His spirit is on the move, awakening people. And he's hoping me and you will run into them and say, I want to talk to you about Jesus. I wouldn't be surprised if you talked to your coworker about Jesus and they say to you, he's been on my mind for several months. Like Philip in the Ethiopian, who is going to explain this to me? Church, we can't keep praying for this baptism to be filled with Hindus and Muslims if we don't become a sent people. Go, be sent. Spread the gospel and watch them come here and give their life to Christ. Amen? Amen, church? Are we okay? Missions is not our activity. It is our identity. So, church, let's stand to our feet. We're going to move into a time of worship. As we worship God, I want you to not only magnify and worship God, but I want you to ask God, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go, God? Where are you moving right now in my community, in my life, that you're calling me to go there? It could be at your work. It could be at your school. It could be in your friend group. It could be your own family or cousins. You might have some. The Lord is showing me right now there's some family trees. I'm seeing family trees that need to come to Christ. You're one branch. Tell the rest of the branches about who God is. Because missions is not an activity. It is our identity. Because God is about missions, we, his children, are about missions. Let me pray for us. Father, we come to you now in the name of your son, Jesus. I pray that we would take inspiration to engage in the mission of God, not out of guilt, not out of just continuous invitations, but because that's who you are. Lord, as we worship right now, I pray for those who are afraid that that fear will be replaced with faith, God, in the name of Jesus. (coughs) Lord, I pray for those who say, I don't know where to go, that God, even while we worship right now, you will reveal to them who to go to. Lord God, it's time. I just sent your spirit saying, it is time. There is revival ready to, I mean, I can see it's like ready to burst revival ready for you so lord would you send us to see that revival happen in the dfw metroplex would you use metro church god would you use our people god to go in all over the city god to see people come to know you lord we're excited we're excited for a, a revival that is coming when we stand in this sanctuary and we're going to see hindus and muslims worship god with us god We can see it in our spiritual eyes, but we want to see it in our physical eyes. Send us, God. Send us. Help us to stop talking about it. Help us to stop just praying about it. Send us, God. We love you and we trust you, God. We know you're going to do it. In Jesus Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. Let's worship God.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.